This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. This is an emergency podcast. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to an emergency Banner Banter Podcast episode, episode 132, episode 132 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? It's nice to be back with you. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And before we begin, I'm part of Big Night Media. We all know that. You love it. You love all the podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Drinks After Work, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Dirty Flirty and Surviving, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, It's Always Something with JD, and a new podcast called Music You're Missing. So go check out all of those great podcasts on your favorite podcast apps. But... Before we talk about Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge, which I did talk about on the Banner Branch podcast Instagram page on an Instagram live that I did, I figured this is much more important. This big trade between the Boston Celtics and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll also get into Jason Tatum playing for Team USA Basketball and not making the All-NBA team as well. We'll definitely get into that for sure. But so much going on. First off, I'm not going to be doing an NBA draft preview. Uh, just because, well, the Celtics traded one of their first-round draft picks, so which I love, and I've been talking about that all season long, and we'll get into that in in a little bit. But episode 132 of the Banner Banter Podcast, an emergency podcast, because the Celtics are trading Kemba Walker and this year's first-round pick and a 2025 second-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. So I'm going to try and break this down for you as much as possible. First things first, you get rid of Kemba Walker's deal. And let me just say this. I love Kemba Walker. You know, I I don't like how he always wears his Yankees hats, you know, especially being a Red Sox fan and stuff. But, like, I respect it. He's got a great personality. You hate to see a great player who's put so many minutes and so many miles on those knees not be the same player that he was. I hope he returns and becomes 100% healthy. I hope he's not the same player that he was because that would absolutely suck to see. But I feel like he trusted the Celtics process with his knee injury. I feel like the Celtics did the right thing with his knee injury. But either way, best of luck to Kemba Walker going forward. He gave the Celtics some great moments. I'll miss him for sure. So a tip of the cap to Kemba Walker. But... Getting rid of Kemba Walker's deal is absolutely, positively, holy shit, enormous for this basketball team. And then, in return, you can bring in a player like Al Horford. And, listen, I know a lot of people think, think that Al Horford left on bad terms. And to be fair, maybe, or to be fair, maybe he did. 
But if you ask me, the Celtics weren't willing to offer Al Horford a crap load of money at his age. And I think that's a reasonable thing to think about if you're the Boston Celtics, knowing you have two young superstars like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I also think Al Horford was very important to this locker room as well. So I don't think Al Horford ever wanted to leave. I just think he made a better financial decision for his family, which we can respect. And it kind of backfired for him because he didn't play that great when he was in Philadelphia. Last year, I think Al Horford played perfectly fine for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know he didn't play a lot for them because they rested him and all that stuff, which I, again, I get. They wanted to keep him healthy, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, Al Horford can still play basketball. Yes, I understand Al Horford's going to be 36 year, no, 35 years old. He just turned 36. I mean, last year, he played in 28 games. He started 28 games. He played 28 minutes a game. He shot 37% from three, which is better than Marcus Smart. He averaged six rebounds, three assists, and 14 points a game. That's not too shabby if you ask me. Now, obviously, he's going to be coming off the bench and all this stuff, but this helps Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown a great deal. Al Horford is a great distributor. He can He's very good at finding the open guy, and that's going to be great for whoever the new coach is, which is, I, I'll, I will be honest, it is a little weird that they didn't hire a coach first, but the coach has to be happy that they have a veteran locker room guy like Al Horford in the room, not Marcus Smart. I mean, Marcus Smart is still on the team, but Al Horford will be the leader of the locker room. And I know people are saying, well, Al Horford wasn't the leader of the locker room when Kyrie was here. Well, Kyrie was literally cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Who was going to control Kyrie Irving in the locker room that Kyrie Irving's in? Okay, so please get that narrative out of my face. But this helps Jason and Jalen a great deal. And Jalen and Jason like Al Horford. Every single time, whether it's the 76ers or the Thunder, since Al Horford left, they talk to him after the game, and they're so happy to see him. So I think this is very important locker room-wise and for Jalen and Jason as well. But most importantly, this saves the Celtics so much motherfucking money. It is absolutely insane. So this year, Al Horford's going to be making $27 million, which is $9 million less than Kemba Walker. So that right then and there is obviously a huge win. Then next year... If uh, the 2022-2023 season, if the Celtics don't make the finals, now listen, if they make the finals, grab somebody sexy, tell them, hey, but if they don't make the finals, Al Horford's deal drops to $14.5 million a year, which will be $23 million less than what Kemba Walker would be making if he was still with the Celtics. So think about that. They are going to save $32 million making this deal and that helps a lot of things luxury tax wise it will save them 9.4 million dollars which i'm sure wick grosbeck is very happy about and then if they can get rid of tristan thompson as well you will most likely be able to re-sign someone like evan fournier going forward this is financially it's a good move now on the court wise you can be like oh al horford's old he's not the same guy that he used to be blah 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 blah, blah. sure fine but this gives the celtics more options going forward it really and truly does because you can re-sign Evan Fournier and now I understand that they don't have a point guard, okay? Do you want Marcus Smart bringing up the ball? Marcus Smart isn't a terrible point guard. It's just not someone I particularly would want. You know, Marcus, I, I'm, if you were to ask me who led the Celtics in assists last season, like off the top of my head, I would probably argue that it was probably Marcus Smart. I mean, because Marcus Smart can give you those nine or ten assist games. 
But I don't know if they re-sign Evan Fournier is having a bench of, or having the starting lineup for Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Time Lord, if he's healthy, a good starting five. You would think so. And then off the bench, you'd have Peyton Pritchard, a much more polished Aaron Neesmith, Al Horford, and then maybe another veteran with some of the extra money that they have. This also tr- creates a trade exception, which I think is great as well. So the Celtics still have $11.5 million of the Gordon Hayward trade exception, which ex- which expires in August. They still have a six point, I'm sorry, a $5 million trade exception with Daniel Tice, a $4.6 million trade exception with Ennis Cantor. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember this all off the top of my head. And then because of this trade, they also have a $6.87 million trade exception from the Kemba Walker thing. So the Celtics still have some trade exceptions that they can, this is not going to be the last move that Brad Stevens makes for sure. And I'm going to talk about the Brad Stevens thing in a little bit. Now, the other part of this deal is Moses Brown. And Moses Brown, I think, is going to be very, very important to this team. Now, what I mean by very, very important, is he going to bring them Banner 18? No, but I think it's a good, young building block going forward. The first thing about the Moses Brown thing is we probably had to give up the first round pick to also get him as well. And I know trading Kemba and a first round pick for Al Horford contract-wise probably match up. But the Moses Brown thing, I think, is very interesting. Because now the Celtics don't have to use their first-round draft pick this year, which I have said all year long, I do not want the Celtics to use their draft pick. This team does not need to get younger. This team needs to get older and much more mature as soon as possible, and this is a good first step. Now someone like Aaron Neesmith or Romeo Lankford or Peyton Pritchard and even number 12 can focus on improving this offseason, playing in the Las Vegas Summer League, having a full training camp, and not looking over their shoulders about the new guy if they're going to take their spot. So I think that is sneaky, a very important key to this. Then with Moses Brown, I mean, he he's another young big. He's seven foot two, two hundred and forty five pounds. He went undrafted. He played one year with the Portland Trailblazers. Is your twenty twenty one G League first teamer? So that's obviously good. So I understand it's just the G League, but the fact that he can be one of the top five guys there is obviously good. He played one year for, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, which I think I just mentioned. And last year, he started 32 games for the Oklahoma City Thunder and averaged 8-8, eight and eight, which I feel like is what Tristan Thompson gave you this year for a much, much, much cheaper price. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there, when the Celtics were on the road in Oklahoma City this year, Moses Brown had 21 points and 23 rebounds in one game. Now, I'm not saying, oh my God, we got to flip out. Woo! Like, I'm not saying that. He obviously has a lot to improve on, but I I think you could argue he may be a better offensive player right now than the Time Lord. The Time Lord, you know, he's working on his, you know, Kevin Garnett pick and pop extended elbow jumper, which, you know, sure, cute and adorable and all. But I really think Moses Brown can help this team more than Tristan Thompson could. Now, I understand Tristan Thompson in the playoffs versus the Nets were good. You wanted some veteran leadership. And guess what? Go hang out with Chloe. Go to New York City. Go cheat on her all the time. See you later. This this could help the Celtics get rid of Tristan Thompson even more because now Tristan Thompson's been looking at it and saying, okay, Time Lord's going to be the starter. If this Moses Brown kid impresses them, I mean, clearly Brad Stevens was impressed with that 23 and uh, 21.23 rebound game, and probably that's why he talked to Sam Pressy about it and was like, hey, um, I'm also interested in this kid. And then with Al Horford, and they know how much the locker room loves Al Horford, he's probably going to be like, you know what? I got to get out of Dodge and get out of here. See you later. And if Tristan Thompson stays, folks, this might be bye-bye Taco Fall. 
And I know not a lot of people want to hear that because everyone's obsessed with taco, but like you can't have Time Lord, Moses Brown, Tristan Thompson, Al Horford, and Taco Fall on your team. You just can't do that. So I think this is an easier move to get rid of Tristan Thompson, and then the Celtics have money to either re-sign Evan Fournier or bring in another free agent point guard that they know can facilitate to Jalen and Jason and not need to be kind of like Kemba because I Kemba is a volume guy like Kemba needed the basketball to perform well like he was so good in Charlotte because he got the ball all the time because no, there was no one else on his goddamn team and he can't do that with Jalen and Jason so it'll be really interesting to see what Brad does next Brad and Mike Zarin that is so that's really it on the Al Horford front. Um, just some other quick thoughts about what's going on with Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge, Jason Tatum. Uh, obviously, the Danny Ainge news, I think, needed to happen. I, I think it was shocking and a little uncomfortable how they did it. Overall, that press conference was very, very bizarre. But before this trade, I, I'll be honest, you guys know I'm a Brad Stevens guy. I mean, thank God, because that's one of the best parts about the intro of the podcast is, you know, I, hey, you know what? I'm really excited to be here. Can you imagine the podcast without that? I couldn't. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm, I'm a little thankful in that aspect. But Brad Stevens like has really never dealt with agents before because his wife is the one that makes all of his deals. And he'll admit that to you. And even the front, you know, Wick and Steve Paggs and Danny will admit that, that the, the wife is the one that got Brad all that money and probably the contract extension. So that's my first nervous thing. Now, I, I do think it's a good thing that Brad Stevens is sticking around in some capacity. Now, do I think he should have been president of basketball operations? Um, I don't know. That's definitely bizarre. But you could definitely see that coaching wasn't kind of wore out Brad. There were talks about Brad just being completely worn out after the bubble, which is I feel like a lot of coaches would say that or wouldn't admit to it, maybe to the media, but probably feel that way. Um, but... I do think having Brad Stevens around, he knows what's good, best for these players. Whether you like Brad Stevens or a coach or not, you have to respect the fact that he got that he got these young guys in a really good place. You know, a couple Eastern Conference Finals, maybe that wasn't the best for, you know, bringing in all-stars and having all-stars leave the team, et cetera, et cetera. But he did coach Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and those guys got really, really good under Brad Stevens, whether you want to agree with that or not. So I do like that Brad can see what's best for this team. I do think it's weird that they didn't hire a coach before this trade. But, hey, Sam Presti is one of Brad's very, very good friends from all the way back in the day with Butler. So I am okay with this very first move that Brad Stevens has made for sure. Now, as far as the coaching goes on who to replace Brad Stevens, if you listened uh, to my Instagram Live at Banner Bancher Podcast, we, it, it was a lot to take in that day. So my five top... My top five choices are, are this. Number five is Chauncey Billups. And the only reason why I'm a little bit against Chauncey Billups is coaching experience. Because I understand the player coach thing. I understand that a lot of people want a player coach to be a part of this team. You know, someone that can literally go in and be like, look at these rings. This is what you have to do to go win an NBA championship. I'm all for that. But at the same time, I also need a good offensive system and a good defensive system, someone that we can trust. And I, what is... Tell me what Chauncey Billups has done for that. One year of an assistant coach under Ty Lue. Yep, see, crickets. Like, n nothing to say there. It's my Number four would be Kara Larson. Kara Larson, currently the women's head coach down at Duke. She was an assistant coach for the Celtics. A lot of people loved her in the organization, especially the players. She worked really well with them. It would be a really cool 
gesture uh, by the Celtics to show that women do belong in the NBA, not just the WNBA, but also the NBA. And maybe gesture is the wrong word. I apologize for that. But I, I, I think it, it, it would be – how can I say this the right way? It, it would really change the game and really open up a lot of eyes in the world of the NBA for women and especially women in other sports as well, which I am all for. The other one is uh, Udaka. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's the assistant coach for the Nets. He's been a oh, he was a former player. He also coached with um, oh boy, why am I having a brain fart? Greg Popovich down in San Antonio. He's been a coach for a really, really long time. Obviously, he knows how to deal with stars. Being an assistant coach for Steve Nash with Durant and Kyrie and James Harden, so I like that move. And then Sam Cassell. He's probably my number one, number two choice. I have a one A, one B choice, and that's Sam Cassell. I think that would be a great choice. Sam Cassell has been an assistant coach for a really long time. He used to play for the Celtics. He's really good friends with Kevin Garnett. Since Alex Rodriguez signed with, uh, now owns the Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett's really not going to be involved with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So to bring Kevin Garnett back into this organization, I think would be super duper. And I think Sam Cassell is a good starting point at that. But my number one choice is Danny Craig. And if if you know that I'm from Chelmsford, Massachusetts, Danny Craig's from Chelmsford, Massachusetts, so I'm a little biased there. I know, you know, I've known Danny, you know, since I was younger. Obviously, I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, I think Danny deserves a shot. He got some interviews last year for an NBA head coach. He's currently the associate head coach under Tyron Liu. He was the associate head coach under Eric Spolstra down in Miami. Sorry, I just had a brain fart right there. He's basically the defensive mind behind the Los Angeles Clippers, which has been fantastic. I mean, maybe minus a couple of games with Donovan Mitchell going off. He's been a fantastic defensive architect uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, and this team needs defense, and this team needs defense bad, 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 bad. It dropped so far last year. It went from a top 10 defense to a bottom 10 defense last year. So obviously Al Horford can help with that with whatever system's put in place with this new coach. But I also think you could bring Danny Craig Danny, or what I mean by that is you could have Danny Craig bring in Chauncey Billups because they're currently working on the same staff together. And that way Chauncey Billups can be the associate head coach. Maybe he can stick around for a year or two before he actually gets a head coach and get, get more experience, help Jason and Jalen get to the next level, and then we can go get out and win Banner 18. Now, before I leave, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum obviously enjoying his uh, offseason. There's been some pictures online, him at a very nice island, playing golf, at the beach with Deuce, whatever the case may be. But obviously Jason Tatum not making any of the three All-NBA teams definitely hurts. That one stings. He's lost $32 million, almost $33 million because of it. But I hope that motivates him. I think Jalen was motivated this year to make the All-Star team, and I'm really glad that he did. And hopefully he can continue that motivation to maybe get to that next level and maybe be a starter on the All-Star team. You know, whatever whatever the case may be. But I really hope this motivates Jason Tatum to go, oh, yeah, I'm not All-NBA. We'll watch this. And just goes absolutely nuts. And speaking of Jason Tatum, playing basketball. I know Jason Tatum wants to play in the Olympics. He's going to be on the roster. I'm happy for him. He deserves that. It's great to see a young player, especially the Celtics, represent Team USA. The last one to do it was Larry Bird, part of the Dream Team. So it's been a long, long time since a Celtics player was on Team USA. I'm all for it. But personally, I don't want to see Jason Tatum play this summer because I want him to be healthy. I want him to rest. He's played basketball for two straight years with the bubble the playoffs, like long playoff runs. He played at the FIBA World Cup uh, basketball tournament for Team USA. He's played a lot of basketball. And I don't know if this team 
going forward can be good enough for him to take load management games off. Now, I in three weeks, Brad Stevens could really change his whole roster around, and I'd be all for it. And maybe, you know, he could change my mind. But right now, I would prefer if Jason Tatum plays in the Olympics in 2026, not 2022. That's just me personally. But either way, I'll be cheering Jason on. I just... Ugh, I just hope he stays healthy. I really and truly do. So that's it for an emergency episode, podcast, whatever this is, of the Banner Banter podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone's doing great. I hope you're having a great summer. Um, obviously, if any more big moves come, head coaching change, uh, if the Celtics actually do get into the NBA draft, I'll be posting some podcasts going forward. But until then, uh, I hope you stay safe, be well, have a great summer, stay hydrated, And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for all your support, as always. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.